Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Dave, along with my gang, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco. Hi, hi, hi. And the man also known as the GOAT, Alex Tavella. We are broadcasting live from West Palm Beach, episode number 409 of KMA Talk Radio. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this morning. Getting off a little bit late, but that was technical difficulties on my end, and actually not Paul's fault this week. Hey, hey, I want apologies from Casey Aldulami. I want apologies from Quentin Thor Nation. I want apologies. There's a lot of people that were throwing my name out there. Well, I, mean, I don't know about you, but Paul's mic is very low, and that's excellent for me. <laughs> it is very low, and it's funny because you're really loud. I'm usually very loud. Yes, usually you're on 4,000, but we like you at this level. Here, am I better now? Much better. So okay, anyway. There we go. It's, yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to give them a, a little benefit of the doubt. The odds were in your, you know, their favor. That is, that is true. <sighs> Whatever. That's true. Jeff Walsh, you didn't throw me under the bus, man. I did, I did notice that, and I appreciate that. I mean, you are where the consensus as they say, the consensus favorite of the technical difficulty. Uh, yeah. Oh, you got an apology from Wes. Look at that. I got an apology. Now, let's just see if uh, Quinton. Oh, okay. Good. Don't, don't do it, Quinton. The... <laughs> don't do it, Quinton. Don't do it. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, all right. Well, so here we are. Another day. How are you what? doing, boys? Uh, I feel like you uh, you might be a little stressed out now, getting down to the wire. I mean, I don't know. You get to a point, you get to a, to a point where it's just like you know, there's stress, and then you go past that point, and like days no longer exist, and hours, and you know, night <laughs> and day just kind of intermingle, and like that's just where we're at. Yeah, stress is something you experience when your reality alters dramatically. We've just gotten to the point where this is the reality of where we live right now. Right. Like, if it wasn't for this show happening right now, I probably wouldn't know it was Saturday. I, <laughs> no, he's not kidding. Days are blended. Nights, evenings are blended. Um, I, and I'll be honest with you. I've said this a couple of times already. If I had known three months ago the process and what we're what we've been doing, I would have had this documented. I would, I would have done a documentary. Seriously. You were saying that last night. Wow. We, had, we, we had a great funny moment uh, last Sunday at like eight o'clock. So we all kind of walk in the shop and it's like me, Abe's here, uh, Briggs is here. And there's like eight of us here. And we're all looking at each other like, what are you doing here? Well, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> I mean, it could have just as easily been a Monday at four o'clock as it was a Sunday at 8 p.m. Oh, man. Literally. Those are, those are fun. Well, the countdown's on. I mean, what is today? The sixth? So what do you have? Two weeks. Uh, two weeks till the actual event. Two weeks. This is so the next two weeks are. That's when the hell starts, right? Like the no, no, no. We're beyond. 
we're beyond the health. Yeah, we're past that point. We're, yeah, we're, we're well in the middle of Hellsville. We, we're in some TGS purgatory type of realm where we just exist and manage. Which technically out. you've never experienced before because this is a little bit different this year. So there's a lot more there's a lot more stress that you have to deal with because it's well, going to be Alex's remote. First, this is Alex's first year actually involved kind of in the process. Yes. He, he would work the event because everybody... Yeah, he's worked. always there, right? Yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, I never worked the event, but we always had big parties going on in West Palm. Oh, yeah. So was, yeah, you worked the West Palm It was, party. you know, getting that together, but it wasn't, you know, on the scale of dealing with all this. So, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's a fun ride. I, what do you think, Alex, being like on kind of... I mean, obviously you worked it, but... Being on the inside, did you did you realize that there was so much going into the back end of it? Like, well, th this is a different level. This would probably, and again, because this is a first for all of us, this would probably be the same thing as when you guys when we moved to the fairgrounds for the first time. Everything's new. We don't know if anything's you know second time or next year at the fairgrounds was easy. This was the layout. Pop it back up. This is like, hopefully, it's this all works. It's even worse than that because even moving to the fairgrounds, there's things that we knew what we were going to do. We had, right. to, we had to implement it. How do we work it here? Right. Right. Exactly. You you know what you were going to do. This yeah. is, but th now we're just moving it to a new venue. So how does it work here? How do we work it here? But this yeah. is like everything is new. I mean, in fact, the guys from Atlanta flew in. The broadcast company, Showtech, Monty, great guy. Um, we had we had meetings here till about midnight on Thursday, and then we met at the site. They wanted to do a site check on Friday morning and we're going over this and, you know, we're, these guys are big time guys. So, I mean, and I, you know, I was a little paranoid because like you couldn't get a hold of them, but they're Hollywood people. Right. So I know in the back of my head, they're like, Oh, great smoke. That's like not till February. We got like 80 other gigs we got to worry about before then, but they're, they're really coming through now. And, and we were even walking through how we're going to do the end credits. Right. Cause that's a TV production thing. Right. So we're going through the end credits. And I'm like, look, you know, my team, I got ideas of what I want to do in the end credits. Can you give me a template? Because, you know, I want to know what the traditional order of how you list the credits and who you list what. He goes, well, you know, you, 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 I'll get you all that. And, you know, you just make sure you put your name first. I said, my name first? He goes, oh, yeah, you're the executive producer. I'm like, God damn. I mean, I've been, I'm an executive producer now of a show. I've never yeah. been an executive producer before. I mean, literally. It's just, you know. It's it, I, I posted something in our our social Facebook page. You know, it, it literally is like doing a puzzle. Like I do a lot of puzzles with my kids. You know, you find all the flat edges and you're working around the outside. And you yeah. you don't you can't see nothing of what you're doing, and you you're only finding pieces because it fits another piece that you already have. And as we get deeper into it, you know, the picture's starting to formulate. And um, you know, it's gonna, it's going to be a rough two weeks. There's so many digital components. I mean. Our, our web team's work typically by now has been done for three months. Like the website's all up. It's all updated. These guys are working around the clock now for the next two weeks. I mean, so they're like really in the trenches, um, still figuring out some coding aspects and some other things. Like that. And now, even if they finished all the great smoke work, they got to work on all the digital components for the broadcast. That's what. So that was my question. So is that all your internal team doing that? Well, it, yeah, because we know it. I can't have them do it. They'll incorporate right. it, but I know the graphics. I know, even Alex and I got a couple ideas for the closing credits. You know, and that that's right. all on us, and we're, we'll we'll produce it, and we'll we'll put it together, and we'll get it to them. You know, in the footage, yeah. 
but but I think I think our our head webmaster Brian Ives is going to probably have to be the TGS MVP of 2021. And you know I mean, he's faring well right now. I mean I don't like to call a no hitter in the eighth, but for so far I'm he's faring well. Jinx, because I'm telling you, I mean I know he's not watching, so I could say this. Like I, I'm on the I'm I'm I'm, I'm on the fear of uh, he's like on the edge of a nervous breakdown every day. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I talked to I talked to him the other day just briefly about like you know personal stuff and he he definitely uh, he definitely seemed a little stressed. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, well, I mean, we're all stressed, but he doesn't handle it as well as the rest of us. Right, I mean, but you know? he's de- he's dealing with this thing like now is like we're doing all the last minute tweaks, especially like with the the, the site and the, and and every time one thing tweaks over here, it fucks something up on this end and back here and down there, and that all. Lands on Brian, but you know, kudos to him. He's handling it fairly decently right now. Or, or, or what's worse, and I'm going to say this now, so in case anybody's listening, and we're trying to reach out to everybody. You know, what's worse is when we realize a problem right. and we go to solve it. It opens the door to two other problems we didn't see. Right, right, right. And so, then fixing one problem creates another problem. So if oh. anybody's out there listening and they got a TGS ticket, I'm going to say this now because we are emailing, we've been calling, we need to make sure that everybody knows this. You cannot access the TGS store without the ticket being attached to your account. Now, some people bought multiple tickets for friends, which means their friends have to set up their account. We've sent emails out to everybody. Some people checked out as guests, you know, which means they won't be able to access the Great Smoke so store. So you still have to create an account and attach your ticket. That's to how, when you go to the TGS store, where all the TGS event specials and limited edition yep. products are going to be, it's going to ask you for your smoking username and password. If you don't know it, learn it in the next two weeks. If you don't have it, get it. If you bought your ticket and you're not sure, I urge everybody out there, go to your smoking.com, log in, and your account settings is a great smoke section. Go to it. Your ticket should exist there. You should see it. If it's there, you're good. If it's not, contact us Monday. Give us a call here during normal hours, 10 to 5 p.m., and we'll get you straight. Because what I don't want is people... That, and I'm going to say this right when the broadcast starts and probably throughout the broadcast, but I don't want people going and then, you know, trying to get limited edition products and realize they can't even get in the store. So, right. right. Yeah, at that point. Log into the store before the broadcast. Make sure you could log in. Make sure you can see the stuff and you're, and you're good to go. But Especially with I mean, such limited inventory on certain things, right? I mean, you're going to want to make sure you're set up, ready to set buy. Set and ready. Set and ready. And then we're also telling people on the limited edition products, don't put it in your cart and wait. Check out. Check out. You check don't out. check out. There's no guarantee that product will still be there. Put it in your cart, check out. There'll be no shipping fees on LE products. So if you've placed an order for other stuff and you want to get a limited edition product. Put them in separate orders. Yeah. Separate orders. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no fees attached to, you know, ordering limited edition products. So if you order one from Saka, one from Carlito, one from Pete Johnson, it's not going to charge you shipping. Right. You're oh, not going to get, good. You're not gonna get nine shipping fees. Well, because guys have to do it in a, in a quick fashion, you know, and you don't want guys ordering eight, nine times. They want to get all the lim- and then they have eight, nine shipping charges for. So, uh, you know, it's fair. And it hopefully doesn't get anybody jammed up and trying to wait and not check out. Next thing they know, it's gone before they were able to finish. It's funny because my my concerns, my con- yeah, Risty Risty put up a, a contest. So if you're listening and you know for whatever reasons you haven't gotten a great smoke ticket yet, money's tight. Join the smoking social Facebook group. Uh, Risty from JSK has put a contest out there, which I am the brunt of, where he will give away a great smoke party in the box ticket. That's Happy awesome! Birthday. Happy birthday, Risty! By the way, 
Yeah, right. Happy <laughs> birthday. Everybody go wish Risty a happy birthday. Uh, but it's well, funny because my concerns has shifted a lot. In the beginning, it was all on the production team. Like, I was totally paranoid. This, this company wasn't going to... Well, it's new people that you don't know. Yeah. Then, then it became strictly logistics and packing. Oh, dude, this is going to be a nightmare. You know, and listen, I, I'm going to say this hundreds of times. Kudos to everybody at Gurkha. I mean, if it wasn't for Gurkha, we'd be screwed. Even if our warehouse was ready, we couldn't have done this. It's not big enough. The pallets alone would have filled our warehouse. So um, I'm pretty sure they're going to be happy when we get the hell out of their warehouse. Um, literally. A lot of stuff there, man. I, I, know, I know they're probably regretting offering to help us, but uh, um, kudos to them. But, uh, you know, we, we, we strategized good. We planned before. We went down Monday and did an inspection of how we were going to lay this out. They, we went down and did a run on Wednesday. Because, look, when you're, selling, when you're sending out 13, 14, 1,500 packages and you want to get them all out in three or four days, you got to know how many you could pump out a day. And we have no clue. We've never packed anything like this before. So we did a dry one, run, we did a dry run, just test run Wednesday. And even though they spent a couple hours in the morning making tweaks and, and adjustments, they got a good amount done. So we're pretty confident that we'll probably be able to get all, you know, we had to print the labels here. You know, the boxes are packed and sorted, and then we just go down there, label them, and ship them out every day. But um, I think we'll get everybody's order out by uh, Wednesday, Thursday at the latest, who's placed an order, you know, at least by this weekend. I think, oh. the, I think the packing went so well because I sent you uh, one of my star friends uh, that helped you out there that day. <laughs> yeah, that was, the, that was the savior. She was the key to victory. So now all, <laughs> all the stress now is on communication and the technical side of the – because we, we literally built a brand-new store for this. Right. You know, so there's a TGS store. That's where all the great smoke specials and limited projects will exist to get in the store. Like I said, you need your username and password uh, from your smoking account, and you have to have the ticket attached to that account. And, you know, that's our concern now. But we, we got heavy emails. We put out a fax, things to know about the great smoke because we're getting inundated with questions. So if you go to thegreatsmoke.com, on the right side, you'll see a button that says things you need to know. It should answer about 98% of anybody's questions out there. There you go. Somebody found a ticket, not a link. There you go. So we're just going to keep spreading the word. We, we've sent emails out. People don't need emails. We're calling people. We're doing everything we can, but we'll, we'll, we'll get it out there. Spread the spread the word in the groups, and, and uh, yeah. people people will find out. I think you're doing the right thing, and there's plenty of time to do it. So the the staff at Smoke In will be able to help you Monday starting at 10 a.m. Just, just give a call 10 to 5. Um, since we're talking about the great smoke, you want to bring in our, our first guest? Yeah, he's been a he's been an attendee and, a, and, a, and a involved in the Great Smoke for many years, and uh, a good friend. And our mouths always water when we see him, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Evan Darnell of the Red Meat Lovers Club. What's going on? Evan, Copious. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to good to be back. Nice um, cup. Well, you know, it's good product placement, and it has. Um, it's serving a purpose. It's letting me drink my cold brew. What number is your cup? I got number 10. No, you didn't. Oh, wow. Yeah. Even number. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm thinking about erasing the zero after the one and <laughs> one. <laughs> Does a customer that, have number that, one? No, that cup's sitting on that shelf behind me. I was me. just going to say, I'm sure Abe has it. Yeah. That cup, that cup is up. It's good to be here. I'm like... Okay, it's hard to see, but I kind of. Yeah. I uh, I'm really 
like Abe was saying, you know, the amount of excitement that I have for our viewing party with Steve Saka is equal to Abe's excitement for his event. Like I'm, I'm looking at it as I have a responsibility to make sure that this is going to be the meatiest, most delicious uh, meeting I've ever done. And I'm really looking wait. forward to it. So just to give everybody up there, Evan Darnell, uh, Secretary of State of the Red Meat Lovers Club, has now hosted the traditional VIP pre-event dinner of the Great Smoke for now two years or three? It's been two years. We years. first did Lido, and then we did Pete Johnson. Okay, so for, for two years in, in epic proportions, which was great for us because we had always done it like at a Roos Chris, which really limit, limited our attendance, right? We have thousands of people, only 70 people could go to this dinner. Right. So Evan did it in the way he did it at the fairgrounds. We could hold up to 300 people for a dinner. So it's amazing. And um, what Evan decided to do was to host his own watch party here at our headquarters in Boynton Beach. So if you're in town and you've got a ticket to this event and you're going to watch it and you're not in the studio live, what better place to watch it than with a bunch of other people who are um, just as excited about it as you. And they're going to congregate here in Boynton Beach. We're going to have it on our TVs. And... Um, going to have a watch party here all day. And Evan decided as a host, he was going to have two food services because people are going to get hungry. So you're going to lunch and a dinner service, yes? Which these are tickets that you have to buy separately on top of your party in a box. So you're just buying to eat the food that the Red Meat Lover Club is offering. So tell us about the lunch and dinner you got. Exactly. So what I did was I called our friends at Certified Angus Beef, and they basically gave me carte blanche to serve as much possible amazing meat as we can. Uh, so we have everything from at lunch, we went a little lunchy. I have a secret, I have a secret menu item that I'm not going to talk about, but it does involve something that I've been joking about for a couple months, but we're doing like filet mignon sandwiches, filet mignon tacos. We're doing the sexy chef bacon, uh, lunch and dinner. You got uh, you know well about that. You know, you a lot about that. Yeah, bacon aside, seriously. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, we'll be beelining it from the studio directly to Boynton Beach after the show. Yeah, I'm and filling it, I'm filling Tupperwares with stuff and taking it home. And, and, and Paul will be the on-site field correspondent. For yes, this. exactly. I'll be there. I'll be there, and I'll probably gain about 13 pounds while Paul's going to be in the corner having meat sweat naps while <laughs> while you're trying to get in touch with him. But what we're doing is. Uh, at dinner, we're doing filet mignon carving station, ribeye carving station. Uh, it's going to be pound for pound the most amount of meat we've ever done per person. And it, it's it's exciting. It's really exciting. I brought in, um, I'm, like we've done before, I'm bringing in a barber from Reels uh, to give shape ups throughout the event because, you know, people may, you know, want to break up the meats. So we're going to have a barber. I have my uh, fancy cookie company coming in. They're going to be uh, providing desserts, sugar cookie. And it's going to be just a really special, special um, day. The longest you, event we've ever done. Are you uh, – Are you, um, huh. Alex, it looks like we got some floor layout work to do. Yeah, I just <laughs> thought about that. I just in my head, I'm like, all right, what chair? Heads up, Evan. It's good to know. Uh, <laughs> are your little masseuse girls coming? Uh, no, they're not going to come just to keep it a little safer, I guess. But um, I think the masseuse girls would do better than the barber. 
Oh, I need a trim that day. So, uh, and then I'm going to go in between lunch and dinner. I'm going to come see you, Abe, uh, on your show. And, at, the um, at the studio, we're going to be talking. We have a big poster that says, do not let this man in. <laughs> unless, unless he brings 300 pounds of ribeye. You're right. <laughs> Uh, I'll bring some. I'll bring some food in a in a plastic bag. Evan, um, Evan came by to visit yesterday, and I was knee deep in shit. And he stuck his head. He goes, "I'm not here to see you. I'm here to have a cigar." I'm like, "Get out!" <laughs> Get out. That sounds about uh, right. Well, I'm going to be going uh, in the between lunch and dinner. We're going to be talking about some uh, lifetime kitchen knives, and uh, I'll bring some meat, and maybe I'll grill something real quick, and on my Ottawa grill. And we'll have a, a, a good a good little uh, chat, and then I'll have to shoot back for dinner service. But there's going to be just a, a lot a lot of good stuff uh, going on throughout the uh, throughout the eight hours. So uh, I'm excited, Abe. I really I really feel obligated to make sure that the events. I have an idea. This is the production schedule. Every block is a different segment. Sixty three segments so far. This is what we're planning. Wow. Oh. Yeah, this is the production schedule. That's like a that's like what they do for telethons. Well, this is this is my menu here. This is 120 different menu items that I'm going to be serving at the Great Smoke. So, how can you do a hundred? Oh, you're just being funny. <laughs> Look, it's 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 really going to be a, just a really special day, and I can't wait. I want everyone to come. I'm going to make sure that everyone who comes really has. Uh, the best lunch and dinner cigar event that they've ever had. It's going to be be nice. So if you're anywhere in South Florida near us in Boynton Beach, I'm telling you, if you're going to watch The Great Smoke, uh, instead of being home alone, wherever you want, some cool place to hang out, come to the watch party here, Boynton Beach, and you're going to get hungry. It's eight hours. you got to eat. And I promise you, you're never going to get a better bang for your buck than any one of these red meat lower events that Evan Darnell does are epic. So um, you, can get, you can get your tickets for either lunch, dinner, or both services. Yeah. Um, you go to greatsmoke.com, go to the right side of the sidebar, and there's a thing for the RML watch party. And Steve Saka, what he's done with our studio is coming yeah. over here for the dinner. He's the official dinner guest. I think he's going to have some special promotions that night, too. I believe he's going to have some pulpettas for people. So, um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Have so. not have not yet smoked a pulpetta. That'd be a great way. And and the way the way that it goes is that you if you buy something, they there's there's some kind of like you. Yeah, get he gives a free pulpetta with a five pack, one with a yeah. every five cigars you buy. So there'll be an opportunity to get some pulpettas, which you know obviously. And I don't know if people know this, but you know pulpettas are going to come to an end. Right. You know. So you know Steve's creating event cigars on an annual basis. So the pulpetta was last year's run, and of course during COVID, he didn't go around doing these events all over the country. So guys were doing events virtually or in their stores, but he made one run of Pulpetta. And I, I believe unless he's changed the strategies as I talked to him, like there's going to be another event cigar and then that'll be the end of Pulpetta's. So it's coming to the end. I'm going to believe. Wow. Now, now Abe, you don't know this, but I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm bringing something too as well. So I'm going to be giving out, um, a, a really special Red Meat Lovers Club event-only item I've never given out before, and it's going to be included also in the dinner service. So, well, look, all I know is I, I love working with you, but everything is I didn't know this. So, <laughs> I can do a lot of things to myself. Marissa will be 
calling you Monday to schedule a meeting so I can figure out, Find out what the hell what, is going on. What the hell you're going to do. So <laughs> yeah. I'm plan around it. I don't even know until the moment, but it's going to be a really, uh, people are going to really enjoy what I'm bringing. I made up uh, 80 of them. So uh, they're coming uh, with me and uh, it's going to be a, a good little gift for everyone. That's All right. cool. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Evan. Check out welcome. the watch party at thegreatsmoke.com. If you're in town, this is the place to watch it. Trust me. Absolutely. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, Evan. Peace. Peace. All right, we'll talk to you soon. You I I can't wait to be there. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something because I know because like in the 14 years we've done a great smoke, I've never had food served at the event. Like I barely, like, I think my wife might have shoved some food down my mouth if I ran by her real quick or something. But like I've never like ate a meal, and I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna eat anything during the eight hour broadcast. So I'm gonna show up here hungry, uh, you know. After so after the broadcast, you're going to Boynton? Absolutely. Where else can we go? I'm just making sure. I listen. Tell people that. I don't know if people if that's known out there. So that's I'm where you're going. Sure that's common knowledge. Yeah, it's kind of this is going to kind of be the unofficial after party location. Oh, the bro is on. What up, bro? Congratulations! Bro. <laughs> I heard you lost five pounds. I don't know what he saw. <laughs> I lost. He's, I think it was fifteen pounds. You're looking good, though, Eric. You're looking good. Not bad for 60. Eric will be joining us, actually, for the brunch. I was going to say, isn't he going to be there? Yes. back. You know, we used to do brunches every Sunday here until we got into a little problem with the city or whatever. So we just opted to do it, like, continue it during the Great Smoke. And I think a lot of our locals are going to wake up because brunch was always one of their favorite things. Oh, the big, delicious Bloody Mary is back. Well, that's not – yeah, but – that's not the, I mean, just the, the food that served at brunch, the spread, the four stations. I mean, honestly, I, I, I think there's like only one or two other places where I, I would go and get a better brunch on a Sunday. I used to feed my family here every Sunday. Come bring them down. It was a great, great brunch. So the Big Delicious Brunch is back. And uh, if you're in town or you're coming to town and you're head out, heading out, it's $35. All you can eat brunch, including bottomless mimosas and regular Bloody Marys. You can't go wrong. Absolutely. Sunday. Espinosa will be your host. And he will not be cooking, fortunately, for everyone. Thank God. <laughs> he's, only, he's only hosting. Give the man another chance. They, one time he cooked for you, Alex. And rocks. I mean, pasta rocks. Rocks, I'm sure. <laughs> rocks. Right. He'll be jumping on soon. We, we got our, our, our meat maker ready, ready to go. Espinosa, by the way. What's that? We need to remind him to bring some of those look like crema de la ranjas. Yes. Oh, yeah. Actually, a perfect we're, we're, like, brunch We're reminding him now. Eric, you heard the man. We're yes. ready for uh, Meet Your Maker. Let's bring our guest. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. And now joining us, the man, the myth, the legend, Dion Giolito from Illusione Cigars. Dion, welcome. What's up, fellas? Good morning. Well, I'm going to have to say, Dion, first off, thank you for joining us. But I'm going to tell you, I think my yeah. two co-hosts are, are so more excited about this interview. Um, because during our pre-show meeting, they had more questions than any guests they ever had. Uh, you know, because, Paul, you could say, I mean, 
you're kind of a elusive, quiet guy. They didn't know a lot about you. I'm like, well, you know, he, he's not. He's just not out there like that. So I think they're going to take over this show because they had tons of questions yesterday for you. Absolutely. Well, so, so Dion, I want to start with the, the question for you. Um, do you, did you, so I know you own a, a retail store in Reno and, oh, did we lose yes. it? I think he's going sideways. No, no, I'm right here. I'm right here. I touched the wrong oh, okay. thing. There you go. Oh, that's okay. You can go sideways though. It'll look better if you go sideways. Yeah. I don't know how to do um, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We did it. We did it the other day when we tested. Yeah, it. Was, oh, oh, hey! I'm, I'm in a different so, room. So, I'm not. I'm not in my office at work. I'm at home. Ah, okay, so, okay. Yeah. So, so a lot of people may not know that you that you're also in the retail business as well. So you you have a retail store in it's in Reno, correct? Correct. Uh. Did you start in the retail business first and then got in into the manufacturing I side did. or did you start with manufacturing? Okay. Tell us tell us no, what, no, no, what no. made so, you think Go ahead, go ahead. So tell yeah, us the story. Yeah, so I you know, I, I gotta hate to date myself, but I mean so when I uh when I came back to Reno to go to college or came back to Nevada to go to college is in nineteen eighty eight and uh, I started working at a uh, retail store. Uh, Tinderbox, and I worked there for you know for years. I went to school. I DJed a little bit, played in the band, toured around, and uh, started student teaching. And I absolutely hated it. I dropped out of school and just wound up working for uh, that store for about ten, twelve years, and went out on my own uh, in about two thousand four. And then two thousand five is when I met Eduardo and uh, uh, Paul Palmer over at uh, Tropical. And, you know, right about after he bought it from Octavio uh, Martin and uh, Pete had introduced me. So it kind of started from there. So, yeah, but, but I've been in the retail for quite a while. And what made you want to get into the, to the, re to the manufacturing side? Because as so, a retailer. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. So it was really interesting. I mean, I didn't want to, uh, it, it was no like delusions of grandeur. I didn't want to go out and make this vanity cigar or, you know, something that I was going to take over the world with. I found uh, this tobacco when, you know, when uh, Pedro Martin actually owned Tropical and I was smoking the cigars, the cigars were actually really crummy, the construction of them. I mean, you couldn't get a draw out of them, but the ones you got, they were like the best cigar I ever smoked. And so when eduardo finally took it over i was again introduced him and i said hey you know this tobacco that you have coming out of these fields is, is phenomenal and i said i really really think if we put it together in a certain way that we can find a seat for any american market and that's kind of how it started so were you originally planning for it to be just like for your stores or did you have yeah. the intention day one to yeah. sell it as a brand so it was it was originally intended just to be for uh, for my shop, right? Just you know because I, I I not only you know wanted I really now I encourage everybody you know out there, especially with all these egregious taxes going on and stuff like that. If you can find a way to bet uh, to make a better margin, you know, on your product and uh, you know keep your employees and maybe add a couple employees, uh, and and it's a good cigar by all means, you know, do it. Um, so by the same token, you know, I just wanted something that would attract people to my store that necessarily that, that 
other stores around me didn't have. And so that's why I went with, uh, you know, making uh, a cigar specifically for my shop. So how did you and make then, that? Jump? What led you to the point where, because, you know, you, you, you got, how did I make the jump? Yeah, well, you got acknowledged for cigar aficionado real early. I remember when yeah, F9 got it. It's, yeah. you know, what point did they, CG4. Oh, CG4. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so at what point does, you know, because, you, you know, aficionado won't even acknowledge you until you're at least in a certain number of doors, right? So right. what point did you right. make the jump of saying, all right, well, I need to start putting the cigar. How did that come about in other retail stores? Right. So... The, the, I guess the transition or the jump that it made, you know, I had reps that came in, you know, obviously like you, you know, you have reps that come in and visit you all the time, sit down. So we're sitting down and I would reach across the way and I would say, here, you know, I want you to try one of these. And they was talking, they're like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, you know, it's just <laughs> something I carry in my humidors, blah, 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 blah. They're like, oh, wow, you know, it's, this is pretty good. So it was kind of like one by one, you know, as the reps came in. Uh, I would kind of, I would kind of show them and sell them and say, you know, what do you think? I mean, you think you can find a home for them there? And, you know, I had one guy, he's like, oh yeah, I could definitely find a home. He's like, actually my first rep, he's now retired, Dean Laffey, uh, trendsetters marketing in the uh, Arizona area. Uh, but he took it and he got and he started placing my product immediately. And so it was shortly thereafter when I went to the uh, trade show and, uh, Pete Johnson had given given me a little tiny little section of his booth, you know, and I so I had a little tower in there that I got from IKEA, and I put my stuff in there, and I'm kind of standing around, and you know, not really moving, you know, too much product or anything like that. Then you know, Greg Matola comes over, and you know, he's looking, and he uh, he's talking, you know, talking to me, and he's like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, basically the same questions that you guys are asking me, and so he's like, well, do you have any samples? Yeah, I said, yeah, so I gave him some samples. And he goes back uh, to New York, and I hear back from him two two weeks later, and he's like, "Hey, he's like, how many stores are you in?" And I already knew the magic number, right? The magic number you had to be in, in at least, I think, back then you had to be in fifty stores. So I wasn't quite in that many stores, but I lied, you know, I fudged <laughs> a little bit. And he he said, well, hey, um, we're getting ready to do some reviews. Uh, can you send me uh, a vertical review? He's like, I really, really like that 68, the little uh, short cigar. He's like, that's really the only uh, cigar in the morning that holds up to my Turkish coffee because he makes, you know, like the stove top Turkish coffee. So I'm like, oh, man, this is, you know. Paul, is it just me or is he breaking up audio a lot? No, he, he so is. I said review and everything oh, uh, in the line. I had like 10 or 11 cigars, everything rated 90 or above in that vertical. And at that time, it was uh, it was the consistently the highest rated vertical that they have ever done next to Padron. Wow. And that's pretty much it. And then after that, they, they went through the horse race and they picked uh, my CG4, became number seven. And then... Um, yeah, it was like a hair on fire moment. I mean, we were just trying to get everything together. I had some product coming in. It was obviously just, you know, blown out. I mean, I, I think I only had at that time, gosh, maybe like 16,000, 17,000 cigars that were coming in from the factory at that time uh, that I, I actually had to fulfill, you know, orders with. So, yeah, it was it was a crazy moment. Paul, should we have him log in and out again, or do you think it will straighten out? Yeah, I think I think Dion, if we can if we can have you uh, leave us and come back, it's it's kind of we can understand you, but it's breaking up yeah. a little bit. I don't know if you're. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's what I'm streaming. Too. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we'll come back. Okay. We'll bring them back in just a moment. Um, it's interesting though, Abe, because I didn't know as a consumer that, are you smoking one of his cigars? What do you have? One of my favorites, Epernay. Absolutely. Oh, you know, you know, what's funny. Adam gave me that cigar to smoke one time at the shop. Who? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're smoking the same one. Yeah, Listen, uh, yeah, I'm an Epernay fan. I always have. And just, and just so you know, we both didn't grab them together. We didn't. We didn't. Oh, really? No, no. Do we you didn't. can you still get the one-offs, Abe? Do you guys still have those in the store? Or you know, no? That's a question you should ask him. You know, it, we, we, listen, One Off is an old brand. I was kind of really excited when Dion picked it up, and we'll get into that. But um, I, it just didn't, we couldn't catch traction on it because it was, it, I thought it was such a great move. But we'll ask him about it when he gets back on. But I want to say something because I was going to mention it while Dion was off. But now that he's back, you know, I've had the pleasure of really sitting deep with Dion and having in-depth conversations and talking. So, you know, not only being a manufacturer – Dion is one of the few retailers, honestly, that really I, I get deeply impressed with. You know, people don't talk much about his operation in shops, but just when I have conversations with Dion about operations, whether it be just like where you get in your plastic bags or how you, you know, he's a very savvy retailer too. So kudos to him on that. I think Thank that's you. something a lot of people might not know about you, Dion, that, that you have well, the retail shop. Yeah. Yeah, I sure do. And, you know, not that not that I make a, a you know, a big thing about it. Um, it's it just it's, it's I've been doing it so long. It's just kind of like a third arm or whatever. So I just, you know, I don't talk about it. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, you have a retail shop. I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're not sure out do. there broadcasting. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, Paul bought up the one off brand because right. when that happened and that was announced, I got excited because it, it was a mm -hmm. brand that kind of was hot when I was just getting into the business and you know, we, we bought it in. How's, is that, are you still making that brand? How's that brand doing for you on a whole? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We were up, uh, gosh, at the end of the year, we were up 38% on one off. I mean, so we do quarterly promotions, you know, on specific brands and it was it, it, the the sales on it were insane. Uh, we, we really, really do have great traction. But again, you know, I mean, it, it comes down to you know coming from a retail standpoint, right? I can take any cigar in my humidor and sell it and make it the number one cigar in my humidor. Now, it could it could be whatever cigar I want. Uh, all I have to do, as you know, Abe, you know, you sit down, you train your uh, you, you train your employees. You sit down, you you maybe give them an incentive to sell. Um, whatever it is, you, um, implement a plan and then you go forward with it. And like I said, I can take, I could take a, you know, I'm not talking, I'm not talking shit, but I, I could take a Tayamo and I can guarantee you inside of six months, I will sell more Tayamos in my humidor than I will any other cigar, you know? So that's really, it's, it, it really, it, you know, it's really uh, the, the, the talent and the focus of the retailer on how, on how they want to sell, you know, product. Well, there, there's always a burden on the retailer to be able to inform and educate people. You know, right. we, always called it, we always called it from day one. We called it a cigar journey. See, I always see that every, every consumer that walks the door, he's on a cigar journey, right? Absolutely. So we're there to guide you on that journey and help you along, whether it be to, you know, get you to explore new things, 
let your palate evolve, take you to the next step. Because that's what I found. I mean, I, from when I first started smoking now and what I'm looking for when I smoke. So that process, that process of communication, you know, and if you have really good floor guys, it's, it's the most imperative thing, is is the connection and the communication between the, the oh, it's invaluable. It's invaluable. So, you know, we do have that power, but we also try to hold to a standard of we're trying to do right by that person on their journey, you know, um, and, and getting him to where we think he wants to go. And some guys, their journey is really simple, and some guys want a more elaborate journey. So, you know, we're like tour guides. We're, you know, glorified tour right. guides. That's how, how we look at it. Um, but, but, you know, you are a guy. I mean, and, and look, I, I've known you for many years. It's not like I, I talk to you as much as I talk to a lot of other people. You are a guy that really keeps a low, low profile. Like when, when, when we got you on our show, like Paul's like, wow, he's coming back on. I mean, is that by design? Yeah, I mean, so you know as well as anybody else, uh, Ed, I, I mean, when you're dealing, you know, when you're dealing with people in the industry, when you're dealing with the industry, uh, this is one of the few industries that 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 uh, we participate in, or that that I see where literally everybody's face is the brand of the cigar, right? Um, everybody, you, you have to be a personality in order to sell the cigar. So, I. You know, early on, I was looking at it and I said, okay, do I want to be that guy? Do I want to get out there and, and, you know, work like Rocky? Do I want to work like Pete? Or do I want to find that happy median of trying to um, um, do the best that I can through promotion, but more importantly, focus, uh, focus on my strengths and, and where my strengths really lie. And I, and I could say, I think confidently, uh, uh, confidently, that you know my strengths lie in tobacco my strengths lie in raw materials they lie in in assembling they lie in in review uh anything to do with raw materials and tobacco so i chose that path a long time ago to try and maybe stay out of the forefront you know going door to door and trying to sell it and and rather ha letting uh the tobacco the cigars the blends for itself um, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to balance both because I would love to be out on the road. I like being out on the road. I like meeting people. Again, my background is retail. So I'm in front of people every day, right? So it's, it's just a natural thing for me to do, to be out there and to talk like we're doing right now, but finding that new skill set that I had, uh, and, 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 and having the right people around me. Uh, in Nicaragua to help me uh, elevate and, mat and, and mature uh, in that regard. That's where my passion really, really stood. It's almost like, you know, my passion for years is retail and for the most part still is, but, you know, laterally moving in this industry, I really found something that I'm equally, if not more passionate about, and that is tobacco, you know, real raw tobacco leaf. I mean, I could just sit here all day roll little tabacanos and just smoke them and, 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 and appreciate it. You know, it's my thing. So Dan, I, I, have, yeah, I have a question. I have a question. So we re recently launched our connoisseur club, which is essentially yeah. a blind taste testing designed to give people an experience of uh, not only expanding their palates, but also 
um, kind of going into a cigar with pre no preconceived notions. So there's been a lot of talk about palates lately, right. and your name continually comes up by multiple people as one of those people possessing a what's called a super palate. Is that something that you developed, or is that just something that some guys kind of are born with and have the ability to get those senses? Yeah, you know, I think I, I think a lot of people are making it out to be to, to for you know my palate to be something a lot more than it is. Um, it's really uh, not. I, uh, hold I, on, I hold on. Before you further, I just want to say something because I know you're going to try to dummy it down a little bit, but let me just yeah. tell you something. I've heard from multiple guys, multiple in the industry, in the, Eric in the industry. Uh, yep. yeah, who who acknowledge your ability to smoke a cigar, be able to tell where it's from, and your palate. So it's not like a little bit of a rumor. I, we hear it a lot. Like you are, and, and what I'm curious of, you talk about your strengths. That's what I doubt one of your strengths. But what I'm curious about how's a college kid from Reno working at Tinderbox. <laughs> Who opens his own store and a year later makes a blend? Where, where, I mean, I gotta believe. Look, some people are just having inherent gifts, right? When you see a four-year-old playing Beethoven on a piano, he didn't like train for that. That was like a divine, like you know, gift, you know. And and you get talked about more than anybody else I know. I mean, look, there's certain guys you know got palettes, and that's their shtick. They're out there. I don't think it's really ever talked about on the consumer yeah. level. Your ability to really know and taste tobacco, but. It is, it is a known thing that I've heard in, in my career on a regular time. So that's something that you felt was a divine gift that you were able to do it? Or did that something that you feel tweaked over time and you got better and better at? I think, okay, so I, I think that a lot of that could have maybe flowed over from um, my, my experience with music and playing music, right? Because as a musician, you know, playing, you know, classical music, uh, or composing music, you you have to train your ear to hear certain things, right? You have to be able. So if you're playing a specific instrument, you have to be able to when you, it's your time to come in to cue off other instruments to come in. You know, sometimes you can read the music, you can you can count out the uh, the bars to wait to come in, or you know you're always uh, listening and fine tuning ear to make sure you're in tune. There's a lot of things going on um, subliminally and subconsciously, both you know uh, you know subconsciously and consciously when you're playing music. And so I think maybe, I, I don't know that, that, that as musicians are wired in certain ways to be able to detect and listen to and be able to pick things out, uh, you know, especially in, in, in playing jazz, you know, I mean, it, it, it's about, you know, this back and forth, this, this giving and getting. Um, and so I think, again, you know, getting back to that, that way or that cycle of training your brain in order to listen and to look for things. I think it was natural for me to go into tobacco because, you know, whether you're creating music or you're creating blends or you're listening to things, it's all about paying attention. It's all about listening. You know, um, we, 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 we don't get better at what we do if all we do is just talk about ourselves and, and, you know, speak about our accolades and oh I've done this and oh I've done that. I mean the the people that get really good just sit there and kind of listen and then they soak it in and then they kind of disseminate it and then they they make it their own. So you know in music you kind of get your style after listening to many different things in um 
you know, acting, you probably get your own style after playing many characters, you know, and in, and, and in listening to tobacco. And, I, and, you know, I don't I don't talk about tobacco as tasting tobacco, you know, I don't go like this and oh, yeah, you know, I mean, I can tell you that this tobacco tastes uh, several different flavors. But what I most do with tobacco is I listen to it. Tobacco has a language and you have to be able to disseminate that language. You have to be able to hear what it's telling you and where it wants to go and who it wants to play with in the sandbox, you know, and who it gets along with and who it doesn't get along with. And so that's kind of my approach to, uh, to tobacco and what I do. So, you know, getting back to what like Eric says, you know, Eric, Eric is a great guy, but I mean, you know, I smoked a cigar, you know, that, that's that, that story he told, you know, I think I, I'm sure he's told you, you know, where I've taken the cigar and I've told him, oh, this is the wrapper, this is the binder, this is the filler, you, you know, you're using, um, uh, you're using, you know, was it Oliva, uh, I think like uh, long visos, maybe uh, 16s or 17s, something like that. Only because I had experience with it. I have a, a, some type of um, talent for useless information. I can taste something once and put it in the back of my head and go, oh, you know, and all it is is just like word association, right? It's like you can associate one thing with another, but, you know, that was pretty good. I kind of hit that on the mark, but if you gave me eight cigars, I might be able to pick two and the other eight I might miss terribly on. I don't know. But Dion, the other thing that, that fascinates me, I mean, one, Going back to what you said before, that you purposely kind of, you know, didn't make yourself available everywhere uh, mm -hmm. for the brand. I think that kind of like worked in your favor because you've almost become like this mystical guy in the industry. In all in all seriousness, like when people when we tell people that you're going to be on the show, yeah. people are like, wait, he's he's going to be like on video. You're going to see him. So <laughs> it's almost like you're this like you know larger than life. Like he doesn't come out in, into the open air type of thing. But How also I. What's that? Howard Hughes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But the other thing that fascinates me about you is you're, I mean, and, and we'll get into this after the break, but you're super involved in, in the factory. And I, I read an interview with you in a, a you know, a, a very large magazine in, a, in our industry that talked about how, you know, you spoke to one of the rollers and said, don't let the, the binder over overlap too much when you're rolling it because mm -hmm. it'll overpower the cigar. So like, that that type of stuff is is stuff that is that is that trial and error stuff that you've learned over the years making so many cigars or is that yeah. just well so so again i mean okay that's that's probably common knowledge with a lot of uh salon managers or a lot of uh blenders i mean you could probably talk to hanky and he would say yeah i mean that's that's common knowledge we we've known that you know for for 30, 40, 50 years, because okay. whatever you do with tobacco, um, yeah, I, I'm just kind of letting out certain secrets, right? That, that uh, to my stuff that maybe a lot of, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these guys in these factories, they kind of play it close to the vest, right? You know, they kind of don't like let go their techniques or anything, but it's like when, when Eduardo gives me such uh, leeway and such freedom in the fat in, in the factory and with this tobaccos, I mean, th these are, you know, tobaccos that I selected. It's not like I'm going out and getting some from, you know, this company over here, or Nika Prosa or Oliva or, you know, Pennsylvania and, 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 and you know, and where people pretty. 
Well, let's. Why don't we, yeah. Dion? Why don't we hold that thought because we're I get to we're losing you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's gonna, going on? Yeah, I had a little lag on my end here too. But I got I got like one billion gigabytes of upload on my end. So. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna have more with Dion Giglio after the break. We're gonna find out what those banners are on his back wall and what they mean. We're gonna have uh, Coop coming on in uh, hour two. And uh, tail the tape. So don't go anywhere. More after this. Keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. Celebrating 85 years of success, the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary is a tribute to the outstanding accomplishments Monte Cristo has achieved since the brand's inception. This cigar comes from the creative minds of Rafael Nadal, AJ Fernandez, and the Grupo de Maestros. It is a full-body Nicaraguan Puro that pays homage to the original tobaccos used in the very first Monte Cristo cigar. Flavor notes you'll detect while smoking are pepper, cedar, and chocolate, all of which pair perfectly with a cappuccino. No matter what four sizes you pick, this classic smoke will send you on a trip down memory lane and all the way back to 1935. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Hey there, we got a new sponsor. Really excited about Bonner Private Wines. If you enjoy wine, then you need to get Extreme Altitude Malbec from Argentina. They make it up in these remote vineyards at 9,000 feet. These things are miles from civilization. And the result is this inky red wine. You stare into this thing, it's like looking into your soul. They're also healthier than other wines with 10 times more longevity boosting Reservatol and 90% less sugar, no dyes, no flavor additives, but the best part, the flavor. Blackberry, leather, smoke, little dark cherry. Head on over to kmawines.com and you will find a Malbec from the third highest vineyard in the entire world. That's 8,950 feet and a lot more on there too. No inflated prices. You get top quality foreign wine for about half the price. Plus listeners get 50% off shipping Shipping from KMA Talk Radio. Bonner Private Wines. Go to kmawines.com to get your discount now for being in the KMA crew and part of our listenership. Now we are going to go back. That is, uh, I, I, I apologize. <laughs> I just want to talk about the depth of your patheticness. Okay, because I'm going to bust you right now. All right, go ahead. I saw you look and see I was calling you while you were reading. You looked, you saw my call. I know, but I, I, I didn't know it was because I, I was muted. I'm calling you during the broadcast. <laughs> is there not an alarm bell that something's wrong? Seriously, is, uh... I'm calling you during the show. You want to know what this Wait, was? When you, when you started calling me, I went in and I realized that I was muted. No, this, you went in like a minute later and realized it. This was karma for Paul relishing all the messages. For Paul relishing the in the fact that the initial technical yeah. issue wasn't I don't his. Know you fuck it up. Right. Look at all the messages I have from all these people telling me that I'm muted. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's good. Know. People are listening. We're just keeping you on your toes out there. Bonner Wines, the highest altitude, just like oblivious to the world. <laughs> but I saw him. When I called him, I saw him look off screen and saw my call. I like, thought to myself, why is this guy so friggin' unprofessional? What What is he doing? Yeah, exactly. you know, on the air doing my call, thing? <laughs> call him back to back. My brain would have been like, why is he calling me? Something must be wrong. 
No. <laughs> I Paul's, did, and then I looked Paul and George I saw. Keeps reading for another minute. <laughs> Thanks, Quentin. Love you too, man. I was told find you a way not to apologize, Quentin. I told you not to apologize. See? <laughs> That's some funny shit. <laughs> I did a whole. So they got. Well, they got two read. They got a banner up while I was reading it. So you know. There's nothing funnier. <laughs> there's nothing funnier than watching you do a read with no sound. Well, uh, I don't want to go back and look now, because I, I I look weird when I talk anyway. I have like weird mouth movements. <laughs> Face made for radio. Totally. Uh, all right. So moving moving right along back to our guest, uh, we have uh, Dion Giolito from Illusione Cigars, and there he is. And I think maybe maybe we might be a little bit better now. It looks like it's a little bit. I think it's better. I think oh it's yeah, better. yeah. That's a hundred gigabyte. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I flipped the switch. So <laughs> the hamster is back on the wheel. We got a couple questions from our fans. Uh, first, you want to know what are the banners on the wall behind you? So those banners right there. If anybody out there is a golf fan or a golfer. So if you look like right here, that's Pacific Dunes. And then this right here is, gosh, I can't remember. That's the preserve. Uh, the one below it right here, this is OM. That's Old McDonald. Uh, this is the preserve here. No, that up there, that's Bandon Dunes. So if you go down and down, um, hold on, let me see. Yeah, so Bandon Trails and Sheep Ranch. These are all golf courses at the uh, Bandon Dunes Resort in uh, Bandon, Oregon. This is my favorite place to go in the world. It's better than Scotland. It's actually the the uh, the phrase is it's just like Scotland, except it's harder to get to, and that's pretty much the truth. So it's a link style golf right on the coast, uh, maritime weather, and it's just the purest form of golf. So, so you so you stole the banner. Mm-hmm. No, no, actually, you can buy no, you can buy them in the uh, in the pro shop. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. And and Abe said Abe yeah, said so you're a big flags. golfer. That's that's something we didn't know about you. I didn't know that. Yeah. But you know he, he's got a golf physique, tall, lanky guy. You look like, you look like yeah. you'd make a good golfer. I listen. I always say we should start an awards thing in our industry for just like obscure things, right? Because like I think that if anyone would win the like the the best hair award in this industry would be Dion Giolito. Absolutely. I'm trying to think. Yeah, me and maybe maybe at like Fred Rui if he gets those nice long golden nah, going. He's got like the think, greasy really look. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> that I, I, win. Have to, I would I would have to give it to Fred. Yeah, you got like a bouffant. It's like so. It's like molded. It's, a, it's shaped. It's like sculpted. I mean, you without a doubt get the hair award in this industry. I can't think of anybody oh, else. Well, let me let me mess it up here a little bit. No, no, no. <laughs> let me mess it up. No. <laughs> It gives no. him height too. It gives him even more height. I mean, what do you? What are you six five? Look, it bothered him. You see how fast yeah. and quick it bothered him. Oh yeah, got to fix it. It's my OCD. If anybody, <laughs> somebody else who has better hair than Dion, posted, I'd like to because I can't think of anybody. I mean, it's the the best hair. Thank you. Booth has pretty good hair too. No. Who Coop? Matt Coop. You know, oh, but Matt Coop. Listen to me. It, 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 like he's got the Amish look going on right now. I mean, it just changes like from month to month. But that That's is true. like. Dion is, it's like statuesque. Like, you know, that's the hair that I can never see him not have after all these years. Matt, Matt Booth has, Matt Booth has like the, uh, the COVID, the COVID look. Like, I'm just not going to do anything anymore and see what happens. 
Juan Cancel does not have the best hair in the industry. Not anywhere wow. close. No, I agree. No, nowhere close. Ah, uh, poor guy. Oh, listen, we call it how thick it is. I mean, come on. I mean, try shampoo once in a while. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go there. I did. He's got to first. He's got to try to sleep first. I, the, the man uh, never sleeps. I see comments at, at four a.m. That's why. That's why I can always talk about him. I know he's never up this early in the morning. That's true. That's true. He watches it later and yeah, comments and wonders why we don't respond to him. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> hey, hey, Abe. I wanted to make a. I wanted to make a real quick comment going back to you know like why I don't get out. You know why I don't like get my picture out there in my face or do something. Classic example. I got into your uh, on the KMA radio uh, website, and you got that picture of me up there like this, you know. And <laughs> Paul's that's Paul's department. Yeah. Okay. So that is precisely why I do not like to have my photo taken. I don't know. I had to, like to have my image up there because I remember when I did that photo shoot. Right. They, uh, the the there was a photographer that was sent out, and she's like, "Okay, I want you to give me a nice big smile," and I'm like, "I don't smile. I'm not a smiler." Unless, unless something is truly funny, then I go and say, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take a great big breath. I want you to go, ha, 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 and I want you to smile. So I did. I went, ha, 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 ha. That's funny. You know, I, I, I mean, it's like she was asking me to do something that, that I, I like physically. I don't do a lot, you know. And uh, so that was the picture. And I look at it. I'm like, God, it just it looks like. Like I'm trying to strain out a smile, and it's like anxiety, and uh, yeah, forget it. So, yeah, that's 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 why I'm probably not going to do any more shows after this. Oh, it's hard to. It's, <laughs> this is the last appearance. Yeah. This is the last appearance ever of Dion Gilino, folks. Look, look at this. Got on KMA Radio. Real men don't smile, isn't it, Eric? Yeah, exactly. Maybe Eric's old. Eric's always mean mugging the camera every time, every photo he's ever taken. He's got the tough guys, yeah, the tough guy smile. Yeah. So Dion, yeah. What? Uh, I was I was looking at my sheet. I was like, loaded baked cookies. What is this? And then you had the Evan. Oh, Dark you're on the wrong part. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is this? Alex, you had a question about some of his brand names and what's going on in the uh, the, the the capital recently. Why don't you shoot that out? Sure. Um, so, Dion, I know that you're very knowledgeable, and I hate to use this word, but I guess for the purpose of people understanding, uh, very knowledgeable in what people would call conspiracy theories, even though I hate that term. Um, just wanted to get your take on the current political climate and, you know, things like the Capitol right and what you see is going on. Uh, yeah, I, I don't talk about politics. I don't do anything like that. I want everybody to enjoy my cigars. I don't care what side you're on. Um, and, uh, that's pretty much it. I love everybody. I love everybody that loves to smoke my cigars, regardless of what they, uh, believe in. Next question. Excellent uh, answer. Well said. What about the, what about some of the, the history behind some of the names behind your brands, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, uh, 68, you know, on the original documents, that was the year I was born. Uh, 88 was for 1988, the year I came back to Reno and actually got into, the uh, cigar business that was an homage to actually to avo uh you'll remember remember when avo came out with the 22 yeah and Big year. uh yes right so that that had a significance in his life you know so that was kind of like a turning point for him i you know when he came to uh, the united states and blah blah you know it really changed his life so you know in the year in, in 1988 was really pivotal 
when I came to Reno and started working and getting into the cigar business. But, you know, you can go on from there. I mean, and really it's just a bunch of crap that only means, you know, something to me, you know, other than like MJ 12, you know, the, the six by 56 MJ 12 is majestic 12. Um, Google it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's everywhere. You know, it's, it's, it's above the radar now. Everybody's talking about it. So, um, yeah, that's it. It's pretty much it. You know, we talked about, you know, when you first took the booth to the trade show um, and, you know, how prepared and how many cigars you have ordered. And this is like one of my favorite stories of the trade show because Dion could be the only person in my whole career that I know have done this. Right. So here's, here's a great tidbit story. I think the trade show is typically four days long. And I think by the middle of the second day, Dion, not like he, he just shut his booth down. He, in the middle of the trade show, he just closed up shop and said, yeah, we, we're sold out. We're done. <laughs> it's well, so under- yeah. yeah. He, 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 tell the story, please, man. It's a classic. Yeah. Because so I, I, got a, I, got a lot of, yeah, I got a lot of shit from everybody that year because I was in a really small booth, right? So we, we didn't have any, like, pop-ups or banners or anything like that. So um, you know, being in conspiracy and, like, uh, 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 you know, cult horror and, and, and just, just things that were, you know, very, very, um, uh, I, I'd say like, like anti-social or anti-whatever. I made up these pictures of Jim Jones, you know, these, these, these pictures of Jim Jones and on his little, uh, uh, priest collar there, I would put like a CG4 and then I would put like a 4QG and then I would put like a 68 and I would get, you know, go on and on. And I would just have them plastered all over the back of my booth. So, you know, people were giving me crap for that. And then I remember that I, I, so I had a, just a specific amount of cigars that I had in, uh, that, that, uh, I could ship. And as we're taking orders, we're taking orders. I'm like, okay, well that's two, that's three times over what, uh, we have. So I said, okay, being in the retail business, there is nothing worse than placing an order and getting your, your uh, cigar six months later. So I said, you know what? I don't want to do that to retailers. I know how it feels. So I said, okay, I have just enough cigars, I think, plus a little bit more that we can get going in the factory that, that we, you know, that, that are in the drawing room, then come in where I can satisfy, uh, I, I can take care of these orders for these people who have ordered from me. And then I will sort out the mess after that. So I, I really didn't want to to jam anybody up and say, hey, man, you know, where's where's my order? I mean, I ordered it at the show. It's here it is, blah, blah. And uh, like, oh, well, it's still being made. I didn't want to be that guy, you know, taking pre-orders to make the cigars. So uh, that's kind of the story. Yeah, you really like shut it down, walked away from the booth. <laughs> it wasn't in the booth. Yeah, I, I shut it down. I put I put sold out, put sold out on the booth. I love it. That that has to be a TGS like that has to be a, a great smoke. Uh, it's just like a, a trade show. Of, yeah, it's a trade show historic moment as far as I'm concerned. That that's the move of the century. Is he the only one that you've ever seen do that, Abe? I've never heard of that ever done. I was in shock when I I barely knew G Dion or his brand at the time. So you know, I had heard of it, didn't know much about. It. And when I heard that story, like what? He what? I couldn't believe it. Great move. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, and, then, and then everybody's like, "Wait, I need the I need those cigars." Everybody was talking about it. The other manufacturers, the retailers. I mean, just, just no one's ever done that. 
You know, so I, I, I that's like one of my favorite stories. Just shut the boot down. We got no more to sell. Sorry. Right. Great. Yeah, I got no more business. I can't take any more clients right now. Yeah, it's great. No problem. <laughs> Obviously, that has changed. <laughs> so, 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 Dion, being in the being on the retail side and being in the uh, in the manufacturing side. How do you how do you mm-hmm. break up? Because I, I know that you spend a lot of time in Nicaragua. So, yeah. one, how do you normally break up your time percentage wise between being in the retail on the retail side and being on the manufacturing side? But in addition to that, what you know, how has COVID this, this whole pandemic changed that for you? So, yeah, I, I, I mean, so I made a rule, I think, way back in February, March, you know, uh, to to never say the C word. You know, okay. it's just a, uh, a, a a temporary inconvenience. I mean, you guys can say whatever you want. I mean, it's your show. Thank but, God. I mean, <laughs> you know, saying the C word, it 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 just like means okay. It's like oh, we're here and we we're we're in this box and we 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 have nowhere to go. And it's like it's like no, no, that's not it. I mean, Abe, you are incredibly innovative in how you run your business, and you're always thinking outside of that box. It's like so, why put myself in the C box or yourself in the C box when there's still potential and there's still ways to get people together to enjoy a cigar and to uh, promote uh, what you're doing. So I, if, if I start saying that word, it puts up barriers, it puts up walls, you know, and now you start making excuses of why you can't do things because of this rather than doing it you know, to get past it. So, yeah, I, I try and main, remain real positive. You know, granted, I have not been been back to the factory uh, since uh, end of last March, uh, you know, because of the uh, extenuating cir- circumstances, but I have such a good relationship with the factory that they're, you know, I, I, I'm in contact with them every day. They're, they're sending me raw materials to review. I get back to them. You know, I, I, get, I get samples on basically like a biweekly, uh, uh, basis to make sure that that everything is still going. Plus, you know, I, I mean, with all of the time that I have spent down there over the years, we have a very, very good working relationship now to where um, when like, you know, Harold is on the salon floor and my production comes up, he knows exactly what I am looking for. And if he has any questions, we talk back and forth. And so it's 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 a it's an extremely good tight knit team down there. That you know when um, I went back into the factory, uh, and I think gosh, Eduardo probably had barely twenty pairs of rollers, and now it's you know it's filled up, and he's got three other facilities that he's rolling out of. I mean, he's probably got like uh, eighty or ninety pair in that one uh, uh, in that one facility, and then two other small satellite facilities. So it's it's really it's really grown and we've really fed off each other and we've really just, it, it, it's an open book. You know, we're all an open book. We sit at the table. We don't hold back anything. We, we, we tell everybody uh, uh, it, it's, it's a sharing of knowledge and it makes us better as a whole. Did it so, cause you anxiety off the bat? Cause I know when you're used to being like, I'm going here cause you do go there often enough. Now to have not go for a long time, was it, did it cause you any grief? Um, say that last part one more time. I just lost you on that. It's not going down to Nick. You have a routine, right? So you're going down to Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you get a little anxiety? Yeah. Was that a little hard on you to cope with in the beginning? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, sleepless nights because look, some, you know, you know better than anybody else that if you're there and you're on site, you can get done in a day. What would otherwise take a month if you're not there or a week or, 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 or whatever it is. So uh, that's still a bit of a challenge um, knowing that if I'm there, I'm on site, and if there's a, a not necessarily a problem or an issue, but something that needs a solution for, it can be done immediately, and we can sort it out in that day rather than just going back and forth in emails or Skype or or WhatsApp uh, or or sending you know back and forth samples comment. It's so I, I mean that part of it is the most frustrating part of it to me too because I love problems, you know I love problems particularly in the factory sense because that kind of like gets me going, it gets me excited. It's like, okay, now we get to solve a problem. There's a problem here, or there's an issue, or there's, let's let's find a solution. You know, yeah. and then when you get to that solution and then it's done, you have this sense of, you know, just like this well-being. It's like, man, I just contributed. I, you know, I did my part. Right. Um, I, I, I did something that was meaningful, not only to, to myself personally, but to uh, the factory, the employees, and in turn, the uh, the people that enjoy cigars, so. Um, Casey Aldumani has a, uh, it's like a paragraph question. So, um, Aldelami. Yeah. I don't pronounce anybody's last name right. I'm surprised I got <laughs> right. Does the it make it different? Does it, yeah. does it make it? All right. So Holy Lance MJ 12 hot are extraordinary cigars that are very close to perfection. Does it make it more difficult to make something extraordinary when you've made so many great cigars, do you think when you blend this is not as good as my other cigars, even if you like the blend? Does that so does it weigh on you when you've made cigars that other people have touted as being some of the most sought after and some of the best blends out there? Does it does it make it difficult for you when you're blending if you if you blend something that is not necessarily you know that are you comparing them? Live up to that, right? Yeah, maybe it doesn't live up to that standard. Right. So look, you know, we're all human. We all do that. You know, it's because we're only as good as our last thing. You know, we, 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 people, we, we've been, it's been ingrained to us. It's like, yeah, that was good. But what have you done lately? Right. So I really try and keep that part of it as bay at bay as much as possible, because that's just energy that's wasted on looking over your shoulder and seeing what you've done in the past. I don't like that. So I, I, I mean, what I do through the process of, of making a cigar, blending a cigar, is again, I, I, I source out that one leaf or that, that, that particular flavor that just really speaks to me and goes, oh, wow, you know, this is different. This is something that I would really like to dink around with and experiment with. You know, not thinking in my mind that, oh, this is going to be the next greatest cigar of all time. And, you know, it, it has absolutely nothing, you know, to do with any of that. Of course, I would like to see uh, success from that brand. But look, I know better than anybody that everything that not only myself make, my, you know, that, that I myself make or like uh, Lido makes or Carlito. Well, uh, let's take Carlito out. Everything is a home run for that dude because he's awesome. But I mean, you, you know, or Davidoff, whatever, not everything you make is going to be a home run. You know, it's not going to hit on all points of everybody for whatever reason. It just might not sit in the market the way you see uh, that it's going to sit. But if I can take something and I can put it together and I can look at myself and go, man, this this really, really came out good. I love this. 
you know, and then that's, then that's like, I take the attitude. I'm like, well, F everybody else. If they don't like it, more cigars for me to smoke, you know, like what Pete would say, but you know, uh. by and large, um, <laughs> I just, uh, I, I, I try not to, uh, chase like that dragon's tail of, of success and of ratings, uh, and of anything like that, because I know that, that, that what I, what I strive for, you know, my passion in tobacco, that it, it, if, if it doesn't come now, it comes later. My biggest thing is the products that I have right now is maintaining the consistency. It's the hardest thing in the world for any manufacturer to do. I don't care. You can ask any manufacturer. You can ask Placentia. You can ask Rocky. You can ask uh, Carlito. Anybody can make one good thing once. You know, you can make it once really, really good. It could be like the best thing you've ever smoked. But in order to to maintain that quality and consistency, it's the hardest thing you can do because now you have to, you know, make sure that the components are right. Because, you know, tobacco grows every year and it comes up differently every year in the soil. Sometimes you have to use uh, tobaccos from lot one, lot five, lot eight. Um, the next growing season, you might have to grab it from four, two and five. You know, so it's a constantly reviewing tobacco and smoking it and making sure that it is right for that blend and it is consistent because consistency, inconsistency will kill a brand in a market hands down every time. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I use a comparison with Granny Smith Apple because you guys are battling Mother Nature, right? You got to right. contest Mother Nature. A Granny Smith Apple has a distinctive taste. No matter what, you can blindfold me, you give it, I can eat it. I know that's a Granny Smith. But depending on what month or what season or how it is or what the crop is, some taste better than others. Mm -hmm. So you could you could have a blend and, and batches. Look, I used to be that way when VSG first came out. I would specifically look for the darker, you know, some boxes would come in pitch black, dark, you know, and those are the ones I liked. And the lighter ones, just right. even though I knew it was VSG, I could taste it was uh, actually VSG. It wasn't, it didn't taste as good to me as those dark, really dark batches that would come out. So that's a battle as a, as a manufacturer or a blender. It is. Every day. Every day. All, All right. So uh, we got Coop on deck, Paul. Coop is on deck. Does anybody right. take to uh, care to take a guess at where he may or may not be? Where is Coop today? I'm going to say the garage studio. The garage studio? Alex, what are you saying? You're muted, Alex. <laughs> Thanks, We can't Paul. hear your guess. I'm going I didn't to the dining, dining room. Dining room? How about you, Paul? We, we got some people. I know where he is because I can see him. Uh, so I'm waiting I'm waiting for people to guess. All right, here we go. The, the kitchen. Has he ever done one from a kitchen? Not the kitchen. I think in the where the dining room is, it's by the kitchen. The west oh, uh Well, he has done videos from the kitchen, though. In the past, he smoked a cigar in his kitchen for the first time. Oh boy, I'm sure we're well in Coopsville. Studio, right? We're getting a lot of. West says the library, dining room. All right, well, let's go into the intro, and uh, we will find out after that intro just where Coop is broadcasting from. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Oh, so, the library. Well, wait, Coop, is that the study or the library? The library. 
All right, so Wes was right. You're in the library. The butler did it in the library. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dion, how's it going? What's going on, Coop? Yeah, long time with talk. Yeah. yeah, I haven't talked to you in a while. Oh, no, no. Dion hasn't talked to you in a while. Yeah, I was just gonna say, Dion. Dion has been out of the out of the world for the last you know year, and now he came out, and now he's not coming back out. He said. Yeah, Dion. Dion joined us for a whereby chat and during COVID when we were trying to keep people active when everything was shut down. So he, he's okay. got a little out there. He's got a little more out there. We gotta give him kudos. Yeah, a little bit. Has Coop ever had Dion on the show? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I have once. to go back and find that one. I yeah. did not see that. Once. Yeah, no. Once. Coop, bring your mic so up a drop, Coop. Yeah, Coop, you can give yourself a little bit more volume. Every week I go through this. It's either too much or too little. How's that? Better. There you go. Even yeah, a little okay. bit more you could do. All a little right. bit more. All so right. what's, what's the scoop, there you Coop? Go. What's that going on this week? But, but, you know, if you were like, um, I don't know how to say it, you know, I, if I'm a quasi, if I call myself a quasi journalist, this was just an uninspiring week is what I'll just say. Um, but so let me cut So, Abe, you made this comment a, a few minutes ago about loaded baked cookies in the show notes. And uh -oh. I, I am not kidding when I say I really thought that was a cigar release that was coming out. <laughs> I, I am not joking around about it because that's that's what the releases. The releases this week had the theme of Chinese takeout and cinnamon buns. You know what? Honestly, it's just a lack of creativity. I mean, it just kind of is. And this whole thing, I think Robert Caldwell started it. And people are just running with it. And, and I, I just find it to be absurd. It really is. You, you know, Abe, the, the Sigabon one. I think Pete started it. Bear and I have had this argument if, if Pete started it with the monsters or not. I, I don't think the monsters are, are as gimmicky. The monsters is different than when you take a company's trademark and trade dress yeah. and basically copy it. That, that's that's big, what I'm saying. Yeah, there's still some originality going with that. Copying trade dress, and yeah. it's just bad. And then the consumers are like, oh, I think it's something cool. It's I, I don't figure I can't fathom it. I can't figure it out, you know. So, well, you know. Right, but you're 100% you're right about I'm that. I'm trying to make my Kibbles and Bits brand right now. I'm working on Kibbles and Bits. <laughs> but but this but this one the Sigabun, I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me about this cigar this week. It's like, it, it's I've had like consumers, I've had reps call me up about this cigar. Like, have you heard of this thing? I really didn't pay much of attention to it because we one is we've seen these type of releases over the past few years, and actually there's another company that did a cigar called Cinnamon Bun along the same theme. So I was like, I'm not really paying much attention, but it got a lot of attention. I'm, I saw one retailer is having a tasting party on this cigar. I, I just, I don't know, I was flabbergasted. I, I mean, I don't know if the cigar is good or not. I'm not saying it's not good or not, but it's like really over this cigar that people are getting excited about. Like, well, this week, some people have gotten very good at their marketing. Yeah. That's kind of what it comes down to at the end of the day. I mean, look. It is what it is, and, and, and I just think I just think it's disrespectful because I'm going to tell you something. Any of these companies that kind of do that, I guarantee you, the first company that tries to do something that attacks their trade dress or anything, they're going to have problems with it. You know, so I kind of live my life. I, I want to be treated the way I want to treat other people the way I want to be treated. And if you're just going to disrespect trade dress, I mean, look, don't don't get me wrong because I've said this a million times. It happens a lot on accident in this industry. Yeah. It's not always attentive, you know, because. Not everybody's watching what every single other person's doing. So sometimes it's an inherent natural mistake. But when, you know, these things are blatant attacks on trade dress. And, you know, that's just, that just doesn't sit well in my book. No, I, I agree about that. 
I totally agree about that. And I just saw Jay's comment about cigars should not be about marketing. It should be about the tobacco, and that's absolutely the case. I mean, I haven't had this cigar. It may have the greatest tobacco in it. I don't know. But I'm like, I, I get more excited about the tobacco that, that's yeah. going into it. Well. Yeah. That, that's your scoop for the week? Well, the other one is there was uh yeah, just the other one I'm making is I'm making the – it, it's been a week, week. The other one is uh, Punch has the Kung Pao cigar coming out. Kung Pao. Uh, Kung Pao, yeah. So, either Kung Pao pork. Uh, I guess it's beef because it's bull. It says no bull. Oh, no bull. So maybe it is pork. Yeah, and you can get it in a very cute little uh, TV dinner style tray is what those, those cigars are going to come in. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's been a, it's been a pretty slow week this week. I mean, the only other thing going on is um, one thing folks may be concerned about is in Virginia, uh, they've extended the tobacco tax to mail order. So that's going to be something very interesting to watch to see if that becomes a trend over the next few weeks. It'll be very interesting to see how that'll be enforced. I, I, yeah, that's I don't know how they're going to enforce it. I, I don't think they can. The only way I see that ever being enforced or even having any ability, because Virginia can't tell anybody in another state what to do is if states start – I don't even want to put it out there. Let's put it that way. Let's not give them any ideas. Let <laughs> right, them right, right, right. right, right exactly. Exactly. Yeah, let them figure it out friggin' mess out. Yeah. Well, listen, Scoop, in tribute to you, we're going to help fill out your new segment, right? Thank so you. for all the fans who have maintained watching the show, I have a very special news treat with you. I, I said Scoop would be the first to release it, but – I, I'm sorry, Coop. We just haven't had time to make a press release. We're all. Oh, like, I figured. I figured I'd be reading about it on Half Wheel like last time. So. Smart ass. <laughs> I saved it to do during your segment. All right. Okay. I mean, I mean look, we we just, we just honestly didn't have time to make a press release. We're, we're under the gun and whatever. So I said, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna at least feature this during Coop's segment. This way, you technically would be the first person to know and see it in the industry. Right. So we have look. I've been I, one of my one of the things from the very very beginning when we started doing the Great Smoke, and I'm just going to tell everybody now the next two shows will probably be a little bit Great Smoke centric, um, was that we're making history, right? And that's a big that's a big tagline to have, you know. So it kind of puts an undue pressure on us that to to really make history, right? So um, and as we're getting closer and closer to this this event, it's it's becoming more plausible, more believable how historic in my mind that. that it's actually going to maybe be really very historic. So, you know, we reached out to a lot of manufacturers, a handful, actually, not a lot, because timing and everything, to really see if they would make us something special so that this digital virtual experience would have a little bit more excitement to it, something other than just a Zoom broadcast. And everybody who we reached out to was very awesome in making something special for us. And, um, you know, when when... Well, I don't even want to say anymore. I'm just going to run this clip. And, and you guys are the first in the country to see this footage, which we'll put out later on this afternoon. But go ahead and run it, Paul. you to be happy this is from all the years of your friendship and everything that you've done and don't think it's been overlooked you're a very special friend 
And I love you, man. And this is for you. This is something very, very special for the gray smoke. A personal release blended Carlitos way. Very colorful, very unique, never been done before. Something very special with a very special touch and from the heart just for you, Abe. Love you, brother. beautiful if, if that doesn't if that wow. doesn't qualify this event as being a historic moment i don't know what does i mean I look i gotta be honest i'm, I'm i would i had no idea what he was going to do and it is very humbling and very honored that he um really went out of his way to make something extraordinary like over the top because i understand when it comes to these families like padrone and fuente man because you know a lot of people don't understand i even explained it to my staff alex and i were having a conversation with this the other day Every decision they make is based on a legacy, their family name. They don't make light decisions about every, anything because every decision is weighted on hundreds, hundred years of the reputation and name of the business. So it really is humbling. I have to thank Carlito um, from the bottom of my heart, and he will be in the studio for the Great Smoke broadcast, so it'll be cool, and we'll get to talk to him about what's going on, how he's changed and become more public during COVID about the cigar. And of course, you know, to even have the opportunity, it's a very limited production. I believe it's about a hundred boxes and um, 99 of them will be up for sale. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and and uh, we'll ask them about the cigar and uh, to even have an opportunity to purchase a cigar, you have to have a ticket to the great smoke so you can enter the TGS store. So uh That'll be that. But, um, yeah, very, very incredible moment for me in my career and the history and, and the great smoke event. So super cool. So Dude, technically is, Scoop yeah. got the coop or, or yes. Coop got the scoop because it's during scoop. his segment. Yeah, it, that's a beautiful cigar. I mean, you just look at that. That's a work of art for sure. I mean, I haven't even, fire. I haven't even seen it physically yet. I, right. I think that you know, I think that videos. Um, from what I understand, that video is him right now in the DR. And he's flying back and he's bringing it with him because he's afraid to ship it, to have shipped it. And for whatever reason, it get caught in customs. So um, I think we'll have a box so we can make one of our feature videos in our position, hopefully by this week sometime. But um, yeah, it should be it should be a pretty good event and we're excited about it. So anybody wants more information, visit thegreatsmoke.com. Uh, Coop, as always, with your journalistic integrity and abilities, you typically have some questions for our guests. Anything you want to throw out at Dion? Yeah, so Dion, actually when we did talk when you were on the show, you mentioned at the time you acquired one-off, there's actually a second brand that you acquired as well. Any plans with that second brand? Yeah, you know, uh, that would be the uh, one-off Alegria. And in a perfect world, you know, that probably should have been released last year. Um, there were some things at the factory relative to wrapper that I was looking at that just didn't pan out uh, the way I wanted it for that particular cigar. So it was kind of on the back burner, but I'm like, okay, yeah, no big deal. You know, I'll just wait until, you know, we get uh, some more wrapper fermentation and then I wasn't able to travel, you know, for obvious reasons. So it really kind of got pushed out. Uh, but we are really, really making an effort to hopefully 
um, release that brand uh, sometime between now and at the end of the year. Well, that's great news. That's really great yeah. news. I, I'm shocked that Alegria didn't come with the original purchase. I guess there were two separate marks. Oh, with huh? the original. Yeah, with one off. Uh, we're down to the two gigabyte broadcast. Oh, no. uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think what I really wanted to do, you know, I, I, I didn't want to release two at the same time. Uh, I really wanted to concentrate on one off and give it all the, uh, the the attention that it needed and give it, you know, enough legs in the market to do what it needed to do before I followed it up with its sister brand. So it was kind of the plan uh, to do that. Um, Curious. And, and any, it, other, any other old marks out there that you have your eye on? No, I don't think so. I think huh? that's about it. Yeah. You know what I did like, though, for mm. whatever reason? I, I like the Double Happiness band. Remember Double Happiness? Yeah, who made that? Yeah. I remember with the, the sun with the sun and the moon and the stars. Yep. Double. Yeah, who made that? Was that a boom cigar know. dealer? It was. Yeah, I remember it, but vaguely. Yeah, what? Double Happiness. What a great, what a great cigar. <laughs> it was. Sounds good. See, I shouldn't have talked about that because now there's probably people out there click, 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 click you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Buying domains, but just trying yeah, to find yeah, it. Right, right. Uh, hold on. <laughs> but it had that. I remember the box on that thing. Yeah, I remember yeah. the box on that. Yeah, it was a really it was cool, cool. box. I dug it. Casey, Casey uh, is saying that CI has that brand, I guess. Don't know. Oh, they own it? Oh, well, good for them. Thank you, Casey, for increasing CI sales this weekend. Good job, Casey. <laughs> That's awesome. Jose Blanco says it was made in the Philippines. There you go. You got to go to some of these older guys who know the wow. story. I, I was a puppy when it came out. Right. Florida La Isla was another one back then uh, that was a uh, Philippine cigar. It was really good. Real inexpensive, but nah, it is a good cigar. Love the Florida La Isla. Why is it you think that countries that used to produce cigars like Jamaica, I mean, there, there is a little, I think there might be one or two Canary, but Jamaica, Canary Islands, um, Philippines, why, why did they stop making cigars in these countries? Or, you, know, you don't hear about them anymore. Why did it stop? Gosh, you know, I don't know. That would be a really good question for Nicholas Malilo. He's, yeah. he's, he's a, he has a wealth of knowledge on uh, things like that. I, I think what it probably just comes down to is, you know, there just wasn't a market for it, or they couldn't sell it, or maybe logistics had changed. It's probably something obvious, because I love that Canary Island tobacco. Remember, they used to put that in the Dunhill cigars back in the day, the Dunhill. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dunhill. Dunhill. Those were killer. Those were killer. Yeah. yeah. The, the stuff that was coming out of the Donald Douglas factory back then was some of my favorite stuff. Yeah. The, yeah. the original CAO Maduro, the Bahia, when it first came out. Some good stuff back then. Yeah, very. I I remember smoking uh, Royal Jamaica when it was still being made in Jamaica. Most people don't even know Macanudo yep. was made in Jamaica to start. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that. Didn't that happen when uh, I think the Dominican Republic got wiped out? I think a lot of their production or their their facilities got wiped out, and they had to uh, they had to move some of the production to uh, Jamaica. You know, that's another thing. Political climate. You know, Padron went and opened up a factory in Honduras when things were starting to look bad in Nicaragua. I mean, 
a lot of times that fosters moves into other countries. And then yeah, after things settle down years later, yeah. they shut that country down. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors probably involved we don't think about. So anything yeah. else going on? Too? Well, as far as news, it was a very slow week this week. I mean, those were, uh, those, um, those were the highlights, if you want to say. Those were the hot buttons. What do you got coming on this week on the show? Any interesting Any interesting of your 20 broadcasts this week? <laughs> uh, we have two. Uh, on Thursday, Mickey Pegg's going to be on. Um, Mickey I've never, Peg. I haven't but interviewed Mickey before. It's funny. For, I just posted, you know, part of our social page. I like to post little snippets of our history over 25 years. And um, I posted a uh, trade show where the CAO did the uh, Leonard Skinner concert. And I got a picture of Mickey Pegg when he was vice president of uh, CAO back in the day. But he's back out with his company now, uh, All Saints Cigars, right? Yep, yep. He were, yeah. yeah, I actually had a chance. I actually met him at last year's uh, event. Down, I met him down at your store for the first time. Is when we first. Oh, met. okay. Yeah, yeah so, you're not coming this year, huh? Too bad. Uh, yeah, I'm still under self-imposed quarantine right now here. Yeah, I got. I haven't been like this week was the first week I left the house in a long time. I had and I had to go get butane. Literally, that was the reason. <laughs> that was the dire. I, I had no butane. <laughs> that you put yourself at risk for butane. Well, done. I need butane. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, so yeah, I keep saying I have to get out more, which is true. So you, you want to talk about being reclusive? I I have turned into the ultimate recluse here. Well, I mean, hopefully, I I heard this weekend, Alex, they're doing a thing at the fairground. There's something vaccinations. Oh, I don't know. I didn't see that. I, I heard somewhere somebody said something there at the fairgrounds. So I think vaccinations over the next couple of months, two or three months, will start becoming more accessible. And you know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully that'll get out there and free up a lot of people. Yeah, yeah let's exa- hope. Exactly, exactly. So, and then uh, we're doing our uh, jukebox show on Monday, and uh, that will be a Valentine's Day episode where you'll get to hear all your favorite love songs and anti-Valentine's Day songs in one shot. <laughs> so, nice. yeah. So, what possessed you to do it? box episode well no we have a that's cigar jukebox is a brand that actually started in australia that was combining cigars and music and uh, the guy named dave burke um he was doing it for a few years and it, and it just got to be too much with him uh he was gonna shut the thing down and i was very intrigued about doing a cigar show with music so uh, i went to dave i said hey is there any way you want to keep this going i, I could kind of put it under the coop umbrella and he was all for the idea so we've introduced the show a little over 14 months ago. I mean, the highlight is we had Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick on the show, who was a phenomenal guest. Um, and we're hoping to, we're working on some more musical guests this year as well, some some name musicians. So that's pretty um, cool. Yeah. So it's 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 music's a very different animal to tackle than the cigar business. As I'll say, as far as covering it goes, it's 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 a totally you can't just apply what you're doing to cigars and do it for music. You have to kind of approach it differently. Very cool. Yeah. Well. It's that time. It's the time of uh, the self-made segment with uh, <laughs> we just, yeah, we self-made. Just... Yeah, I just took over the last part of the show. So if you're into boxing, you should enjoy this segment. But this is going to be pretty cool from what I understand this today's segment. If not, good time to take a bathroom break. But uh, it's time for Tale and Tape. All right. So, Paul switches first number one but before we start the clock coop and i have made this decision to take on the daunting and excruciating task of counting down the uh, top 10 greatest boxers of all time so um i don't know about you coop but this has been uh, like racking my brain for the last yep. few days uh, it's, it it's a tough thing to do 
But uh, we're going to count them down 10 to 1 for the next 10 weeks. So, Paul, go ahead and start the clock. All right, Coop, don't forget to unmute your mic. Coming in at number 10 for me, Floyd Mayweather Jr. is my number 10 greatest boxer of all time. And I have to qualify this pick by first going negative. Um, to be honest, Floyd Mayweather's 50-0 and 0 doesn't really impress me. There's a lot of boxers who have had uh, larger streaks of being undefeated than Floyd Mayweather. Also, I don't really care for his... Um, picking of fights he's a little too strategic for me but with that being said floyd mayweather is probably the most skilled boxer that's ever stepped in the ring if we had a list of skilled boxers floyd mayweather's number one everybody else is probably a distant two so floyd mayweather lands my number 10 coop good pick um i went with uh, sugar ray leonard at number 10 and the thing about Sugar Ray Leonard is he probably would have been higher on this list if it wasn't for the retirements that he had. But he won, uh, he won championships at five weight classes. He beat all the big names in his day. I mean, so he beat everyone in his day. And the other thing is he held a couple of those belts simultaneously. He held the uh, junior, welter, junior, junior middleweight and the welterweight belt concurrently at the same time, as well as the super middleweight and light heavyweight belt. And that's, I think he was a good definition of pound-for-pound pound boxing. Probably should have been higher, but the retirements hurt him for sure. Good pick. Good pick. Yep. There we go. Look at that. We got. It. We actually got that one in on time. Yeah, we got it in on time. We did. We did pretty good. Yeah. You know, one one of the things I like about this pick, both of our picks, is this is uh, this is one of those things that people would call a dream fight. You know, people talk about guys you could you wish you could see fight each other. Floyd Mayweather and Sugar Ray Leonard would definitely be one of them. Yeah, no, I agree. You know what was interesting about this exercise, Alex? I actually had to modify my list a bit because I had a, two guys that were just so obscure that no one was ever going to hear of them. So I did tweak a couple of things on there um, because, again, I don't think if, we, if I mention these guys, no one would think that dream matchup. And, and I think a lot of these guys, I want people to think about the what-if scenarios just like that. Yeah, Can you give I, them 90 seconds? We were told we could have a synopsis <laughs> after the 90 seconds. Look, I'm not even going to lie. I couldn't even probably name you 10 boxers, but, you know, <laughs> unless I delve into the Jerry Cooney's of the world. But um, I got to say that Sugar Ray probably had to be one of the most fun to watch. Fight. Oh, he was. It has to be one of the most fun to watch. It was just exciting. And, and it was it was a good era for me, him, and uh, he definitely, I think, was one of the most fun. So that, uh, I, I was a little surprised he'd be down at 10, but definitely one of the most fun uh, a guys. Lot, a, lot of guy, a lot of guys don't even have him in the top 10, which is surprising if you look at some of the pound-for-pound pound lists. Because the five years he took off were at the peak of his career. Right, right. And I but, think uh, that hurt him, yeah. To his credit, like you said, you know, at the time, Sugar Ray Leonard was probably the face of boxing. Yep. You know, and he was the good guy face at boxing. Floyd May Mayweather took that on, you know, in, in his era. But he was kind of the uh, he was kind of the wrestling heel. He kind of took on the bad guy route, but right. was still the face of boxing. Yeah. Not Sugar Ray definitely. And Sugar Ray, I, I think, especially in that time, had a lot of endorsements. Yeah, he's oh, one yeah. of the first, you know, Wheaties boxes and things. Yeah, he had a lot of stuff up, I think. Softer, he had Sprite, I can't remember. But he had seven a lot up, of the, the seven seven up, up commercial. Yeah. yeah, he did that yeah. with the Rana commercial. He did one of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had a lot of endorsements, yeah, so yeah, interesting. Gonna be gonna be cool over the next ten weeks to see how this rounds out. Yeah, yep. I mean, Mark, just pay attention for the next few weeks because Sugar Ray could be somewhere else in Alex's list. We've only revealed the number. We've only revealed the number ten. 
Maybe. So, maybe. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Did we lose? Did maybe. we lose Dion? Did he hop off? No, he's he's back. He's back. Oh, okay. I just didn't want to. He, he's uh, there. He is. He's sitting right there. there uh, he is. Are you a boxing fan at all, Dion? Yeah, you know, I was back in the day. I mean, like I think, like through the uh, through the eighties uh, and nineties. I, I mean, I still considered. Well, there, there's periods, right? I mean, you can. You can discuss for for weeks and months and years about when the golden age of boxing is, but I, I, I think relative to me when I was growing up, it was it was really in the eighties, you know, seventies and eighties. I think. I mean, even though I didn't know much about boxing or see boxing in the seventies, when I grew up, I grew up in Las Vegas. So, I mean, Caesars always had fights. You know, so we, you know, when as kids we would go down, you know, we'd ride our BMX bikes down to uh, to the strip. And we just sit outside of the, uh, the 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 forum that they had in the back, which is pretty much you know this metal shed building where they'd have all the fights all the time. And we wait, and guys would come walking out early, and like, hey, you want you know you have your ticket, you want so we get them go and we watch, you know, we go and watch fights that, that guys you know wouldn't want. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, loved it. Well, that's this week's tale of the tape in traditional KMA fashion in our closing moments. We're going to find out this week who belongs in a Cigar Insane Asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. I think that has become like my favorite intro on K. I hate it. I love it. I, I, I hate absolutely it. hate it. I love it. All right. This week's inductee, and I, and I have no prep on this, so I'm reading it for the first time, needs a lesson in being discreet. An opportunist in Houston saw his chance to steal an ambulance and took it. While paramedics were on call, the unnamed man jumped into driver's speed seat and sped away in the ambulance with the lights on because well why not instead of taking the vehicle to a secret hideout until things calmed down the thief decided he was hungry so maybe he should grab a bite the ambulance was spotted with the lights on waiting for food at the fast food drive through in southwest Houston before he was able to get his food from Jack in the Box of all places <laughs> Police surrounded the ambulance and arrested the man. Congratulations, Mr. Ambulance Chaser Man. You are this week's inductee in the Cigar Insane Asylum. Holy cow. So I guess because they haven't charged him yet, they won't they won't release his name. I even tried to find it on like the Houston police website, Southwest Houston, but I, I don't know if there's a rule there that they can't release their, their name until they're charged. So he hasn't actually been charged yet. So I think they're just detaining him because it happened not yesterday, the day before. I, I just like to know if this guy stole an ambulance because he was hungry and wanted to get somewhere to eat, or did he like steal it for sport? I mean, obviously um, he wasn't worried about getting caught. Yeah, I'm sure he was stealing it for sport. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't know how to turn the lights off. That's why it was. <laughs> right. Maybe that's why, yeah, because they were on a call. <laughs> they, apparently, they were on a call. So the, the EMTs were not in the truck. They were inside attending to somebody. And this guy saw it on the street and jumped in. Well, Can you I, know it's funny as, I know it's funny as hell, but I'm hoping at least the guy that they were on call for is okay. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> 
Wow. So that's this week's cigar in CSM. Paul, who do we got next week? Mr. Tom Lazuka of Asylum Cigars will be joining us. Oh, he's a great guest. It'll be interesting to see what he's been doing. Yeah. I think I think he's got the COVID. See, look, I just want to give Dion mad props, right? Because since we started doing these remote shows, like last March, you know, we've seen the COVID look on anybody. And look at Dion. He is picturesque. As if nothing ever phased him. changed. Styled. No facial hair. Bravo, sir. Way to keep it. Way to keep it real. Thank you. Look at I did it for you. And mind you, I had I had to be up at 630 this morning, 7 o'clock, just so I can get ready to be on your show because I'm on, I'm on this side of the coast. I know. I know. Dion, so thank it, you so this much. Takes, this takes time. This takes time. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's kind of one of the reasons why I went this way. I was going to say, believe it or not, we wake up this way. Yeah. <laughs> the one year... The one year that I did Hair Club for Men, Cy Sperling, for those of you old enough to remember, I'm not only the president, I'm a member, right? I did that for one year, nine months. Didn't even last nine months because I, I started going bald like like in college, you know, but before I even got out, like it was balding. It was terrible. So um, I did that for nine months and it went from having like no hair products to gel, mousse, shampoo, conditioner, bad hair days. 35 minutes of work just to get it to look. I said, screw this. I ripped it off literally. And just, I, that was the end. It's a, it's a hair. It was a hair piece, a system. It was a system, right? Because all this still grows. It just started going right. here. And the problem is if you're one of these guys that got like the little monk patches, those are easy. No one will ever know, but I, I was losing it from the front. So it was a peach that they, they cut into your real hairline and they attach this real hair on this mesh screen and then you had to glue the front piece down. <laughs> yeah, Look me up with like your, send me, text me your guy's name. <laughs> Seriously, so you had to glue this front piece down that you were, you know, super paranoid, like a, a heavy wind day or something just wasn't going to pick it up in the wind, you know, and start flapping up. So, yeah, <laughs> terrible, terrible idea in my early 20s. But uh, I think I got a picture somewhere in the office. I'm going to post it. I'm going to find it and post it. But I got a picture. Uh, it was actually at a cigar event um, where I, I was wearing it. So I'll post oh, it. Oh, I want to see it. I want to yeah, see I'll it. Yeah, I'll post it. I'll post it for fun. I would, I would like to say I've never. Oh, never go what? Ahead. No, I, was, I would like to say I've never seen a good hairpiece. But if I have, I wouldn't know it was a hairpiece. Uh, yeah, you might know it. I mean, you know, I look at it. I, I mean, I wouldn't know it. But I mean, I remember the days how I looked when I have hair. Anybody who sees those pictures, no matter what, whether it's real or not, I look weird with hair to them now. So it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Dion, thank you so much for joining us, brother. I appreciate it. Anytime. I, I, know, I, I know how busy your schedule is and what you got going on. So thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Coop, as always, yeah. thank you for your thank contribution. You, thank you. And thank you for breaking that oh, Carlito. Absolutely, look. man. Looking forward to it. All right, guys. And uh, anybody out there, if you haven't gotten your Great Smoke ticket, do it. Check out thegreatsmoke.com. You're coming down to the final days if you want to get the party in the box before the broadcast event. There'll be some interactive components. So uh, check it out. Now's the time to do it. And, uh, until next week, everybody, keep it lit.